0: Episode 61, Failing Your Way to Success with Beata Shillette. Welcome to the story in your head. I'm Ron Macklin. And today, Deb, myself, and guest Beata Shillette discuss how to fail your way to success. We also discuss why people don't change, even when they recognize change is necessary to grow. (music) Hi, I'm Ron Macklin, the host of the Story in Your Head podcast and the founder of Imaginal Community, a new virtual space where you can discover how to change the world one relationship at a time. In the Imaginal Community, you can ask us questions, take online classes, and learn and grow with others who are transforming their relationship with themselves and with others. It's like social media for self-discovery. So to continue the conversation with us, join us over in the Imaginal community by following the link in the show notes. We're excited to see you there. Welcome to the story in your head. I'm Ron Macklin, Deb Dendy, and Beata Schleet. Did I pronounce it correctly?
1: You you almost had it, it was Beata Schleet. You just think about, you know, Schleet the Chalet. shaver, you know, but Chalet. you just make it sound yeah. even better
0: okay better got it thank you so if you could, could you introduce yourself like what is your why and, and what are you up to
1: yeah so my name is Beata chalet i am known as the growth architect and i work with visionaries and thought leaders who want to grow their authority and scale their impact and my why is really to help mission driven people that are here to make an impact to move the world forward in whatever way they choose to and help them build the systems strategies and workflows and processes, all the stuff that other people may be rolling their eyes because it's not the fun stuff and help them to really build that backbone foundation of their business so they can scale the impact.
0: Got it. One of the things I, I noticed in your writings and in your, your podcast, you use the word strategy a lot. And if I could like, so we're all on the same page and our listeners can be, how do you hold what a strategy is or how you use a strategy?
1: Strategy is probably the number one misunderstood thing or a a big struggle that people have because there's so much information about this out there on that's absolutely correct. So strategy is when you are determining where you want to go. I am going to explain this with an example. If you go to New York or Paris or any or London and you want to see one of the big landmarks, the Empire State Building, Big Ben, you know, the Eiffel Tower you go into the subway station or underground, and there's two things you look for. One is my starting point. You are here, typically the red dot, and then you're going to find your destination. And the strategy is how you're going to get from the starting point to your destination. So you can take multiple steps you can walk you can take a taxi you can take a train you can take the underground you can take a bus you can take a variety of different transportation vehicles to get to the desired destination and so strategy is very much like that the way we look at it is that you determine where are we go- where are we going what's the business model that suits you and then what is the mechanism the pieces that we need to implement to actually get you to that destination and then you know obviously make adjustments along the way so if it rains you need your umbrella and you know if it's hot you take your jacket off it's cold you put your jacket back on so you have to be prepared that along the journey you know you might get hungry you need you know to stop get some food so there's a bunch of different things that can happen while you are in transit or in you know traveling your destination that will require you to make unexpected stops or adjustments, or, you know, maybe there's construction and that way doesn't work anymore. Now you have to find a different way. And so if you look at strategy, really like a, a mechanism of transportation to get to your desired goal, then it's much easier to understand what strategy really is. And sometimes, you know, people pick strategies that are the latest internet marketing idea and they go, yeah, you know, I've, I've I've seen in the latest affiliate offer that I got from all the people that I follow that I now need to learn how to speak, but I break out in hives if I go on stage, but I'm gonna conquer this because everybody tells me that's what I need to be doing. You know, that's when we come in, we say, please don't do that. Unless you really consciously want to overcome a barrier or break through a, a limiting belief system, please let's do things that are easy for you where you can actually succeed because there's other ways to get your message out other than speaking on stage. You could be on a podcast like we are, right? We are reaching people, we are speaking. It's a much more relaxed atmosphere. So that's what we help people to figure out. It's like, where do you wanna go? And what are the pieces that you need to get there?
2: Yeah, thank you. I sometimes see people in business say, I have the strategy, like this is the fixed strategy. And I really appreciated your description of, when you get hungry, or when there's construction of how to adapt. And and how do you help people adapt? Like, we talk a lot about the stories in our head, right? Like, how do you help those stories? If someone's ingrained in a strategy or a plan that they're trying to implement? How how do you help them adapt to those changes that are needed?
1: I like that, that angle, Deb. I think that you know, I jokingly say people love change as long as it doesn't require them to change anything. <laughs> <gasps> they they certainly love the idea. Yeah, we're going to do it. And then, you know, and then it requires time or money because it'll always require time or money. And then they go like, well, you know, I didn't realize if I was going to change, they're going to A, have to do things differently. B, it's going to cost me time and money. That's not what I'm in it for. And then, you know, people like us, we go, we look at them and like, what were you? what were you exactly thinking? is you know if you get an additional degree you're going to have to go to college or you're going to have to do a program it's going to cost you time and money why would it be any different in a business strategy if you want to go somewhere else that'll cost you time and money to figure these kinds of things out so i have a very practical approach to that deb where i i think a lot of our job really is to say how badly do you want it what is the urgency and the reality of it is if it is not so painful, and more painful to stay where you are, people tend to not change. Mm. So their fear of change has to be smaller than the pain of where they are right now. So that pain where they are at, you know, that's why people always say people don't change until they hit rock bottom because that usually is when the pressure on the pain is so compounded that they say anything but this. We, of course, as consultants and experts, that help people that are visionaries, thought leaders, we say, please don't do that. You know, l- l- let's not let's not go with a wrecking ball and, and destroy, blow up your career, blow up your business, blow up your relationships for you to make a change. There's a much better way, which is why smart people have coaches because they help them to co- coach them through these limiting belief systems. So we are always up against limiting belief systems at every single step, of our growth in the business and people forget that. So they may look at me, I sold a business to Bill Gates, I had a multi-million dollar exit and they say, uh, well, for her that's easy. No, it isn't. You know, I'm building a sales department now after, after much contemplation and with a lot of anxiety around that because it's something that I know I need to do, it's something that I don't really know how to do that much because in the previous business I had, you know, I had outsourced that to other people where our collection was sold through their systems. And so now suddenly I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to put time and money in this. I don't really understand it entirely. It's a big learning curve. I know it's necessary. Of course there's fear. Of course there is anxiety. Of course there is, what the heck are you doing? Is it just better to to just have a couple of clients or am I really committed to my vision to help visionaries and thought leaders to grow their authority and scale their impact? Because if my why, Ron, and this goes to your question earlier, and that's really what I want all your listeners to think about. If your why really is a big why, and mine is helping others scale their impact. That means unless they scale their impact, I'm not reaching my why. I'm failing at what I set out to do, which is why we connected it to my vision admission to the one of our clients. So if I reach more people, and I help more people to scale, now I'm reaching my why now 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 I can say I have, I have achieved what I set out to do. So that's the that's in my, my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about this or what you are experiencing. But I definitely see that the fear of change is most likely what people are struggling with more than anything else. And then the fear of the unknown, and then the familiarity of what they know how to do. And they rather they rather be in agony where they are at versus trying something, and that's why many people keep looping and looping and looping and looping and, looping and never really get anywhere.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, yeah, to this. The, the fear of change, like I accept that people are afraid of changing, and I think it goes maybe a, for me a little deeper in that, that it's not just about the fear of change. It's the fear of being wrong. It's mm-hmm. the fear of looking like a failure, mm-hmm. like others see me as a failure, Yes, that I will remove all doubt that it's all my fault. And it—like those are the ones that are down be- below that change thing. Because if I stay where I'm at, all that stuff stays hidden. Oh, man. Nobody's going to know. You,
1: you just put the finger right in the wound there, 100%. So I have a, a quote, and that is that I failed my way to success. And I have a whole keynote around failing your way to success about a failure. So, you know, when I opened that talk, I always asked the audience, I said, who's ever made a mistake? Who's ever believed in the wrong people? Who's ever th- taken the wrong road? Who's ever wore an outfit that then was the wrong outfit? Or who's ever invested money in something that didn't work out? Literally every hand goes up. I said, you're all failures. Now, with that out of the way, let's talk about what that really means, right? Because if you if you detach the meaning that you give that failure, right? So let's say in California, we've been having these massive atmospheric river storms. I mean, I think we are on number 12 and number 13 is right behind this. So if I forget my umbrella, yeah, I made a mistake. But what meaning do I give that mistake? Is it a catastrophic mistake? I got wet. I got sick. Or am I going to look at it and I'm like, well, you know, note to self: just have the umbrella in the bloody car, so that when you need it, you know, it, it, no big deal. You'll learn. So it's a, just a question how I look at it, on whether I give it a catastrophic mm-hmm. meaning or whether I want to interpret it as an opportunity for me to learn something. And another example I have about failure is. If I go in my car and I drive with an outdated GPS, because let's face it, you know, when the GPS said, you know, you need to update me, you go like, I don't have time for this. I'm going to do it next time, next time, next time, next time, next time. And it's what, a year later, and it still like gives you the message that the navigation system needs to be updated. So now you're caught in construction in a cul-de-sac and the road that you used to take is no longer available. Now, would you get out of the car Throw yourself on the pavement, a full-on temper tantrum, and say, I will never ride my car again. I am such a failure. I can't believe I, I, I didn't update that. I must be punished in perpetuity. And it, it, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. I'm the worst driver in the world. I'm such an idiot for failing that. What you do is you go like, okay, next time don't wait a year to update the GPS, You wave at the construction man in the stop sign, say, thanks, dude, for letting me know not to take this way anymore. And you just go and find another way. So if I look at failure as the nice gentleman in his neon outfit with his little, you know, warning stripe telling me with a stop sign, don't go here. Then I have a choice to say, you jerk, or to say, thank you. Now I know this is the wrong way. So which one's the most practical?
0: so, so I, I just want to comment the story sounds like a really like like you knew a lot of detail about that story so thank you <laughs> I made I made up that maybe a real story I think it like I the next phase of that even though like we could say oh, okay thank you for doing that and you're going down the road it's how you view yourself after that mm-hmm. or the next thing so when you finally get to where you're going and you go oh yeah by the way I'm a failure because I didn't update my GPS hey let's get started Right? Or do you go in and say, I learned you know, how long you can go without updating your GPS, and now you're learning and exciting and up versus you're shitting on yourself or weighting yourself down with this history of, this load of, I'm a failure.
1: You're absolutely correct. This is, this is the meaning that you give it, the interpretation, and that is entirely up to us. I always find that two things, humor and curiosity, tend to work really well laugh it off if you can shrug it off but don't get attached to failures and don't don't give them any meaning because it's just that it's an exclusion of something that you now have figured out that doesn't work so you now don't have to try that anymore because it is clear that that's not right for you that's it simple
2: yeah i think so much about how the ego gets wrapped around failure Right, the and we even learn it in school. Right, like if you're a, if you're getting an F on your paper, you're a failure, versus what did I learn?
1: You know what? But that's that's a whole system, Deb. That's that that's the entire way the educational system is set up. It's set up to learn existing information, regurgitate existing information, and if you're good at both, you're gonna get good grades, and that's your entire life until you get out of school, and then you get into a job or you set up your own business. And then somebody says to you, so what makes you so different? What are you going to do that's really going to drive this thing forward? And you say, where's the information that I can learn and regurgitate and get an A?
0: Alone. We're, we're going to learn it, alone. regurgitate mm-hmm. it alone. We're not going to work together as a team because that's illegal in school. Right? So we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we don't collaborate because that's, that's the requirements.
1: Right. And so to your point, yeah, to your point, Deb, that's exactly right. Because that's how we are programmed. That is our original programming. That because we believe that the information that they have is the right information. But then if you watch National Geographic or any of, you know, the History Channel and you realize that as we are now uncovering more about Pompeii and more dinosaur bones are being found now that certain glaciers are melting, they actually have to revise some of the information that they told us was true. Gasp, shock disbelief, what are we gonna do with that? Why? Because nobody's ever challenged it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I accept. Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally? You wanna learn how to build authentic connections faster? Or perhaps you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection? My name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connection. And in our workshops, We teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at macklinconnection.com. Moving from the, we're programmed, our, our initial programming was a certain way, which doesn't work in life, right? To be competitive, to memorize something and take a test to we also can make up a story that there's something wrong with me that i'm afraid and there's something wrong with me because i don't see anybody else is ever afraid I, i've been looking at facebook pages and oh what was the first one myspace right my, Look oh at my MySpace god my space my facebook linkedin i mean who who's on linkedin saying this yeah well i failed over here and i lost a billion dollars over there And I lost a million dollars. Nobody's saying that. Everybody goes, look at all my accomplishments. Look how Mm -hmm. good I look. And that could easily form our own story that everybody else looks so perfect. And I am just afraid.
1: In my book, in my book, Happy Woman, Happy World, I talk about that. I call this the superhuman paradox. And it goes something like this. So I look at Deb and I'm going like, Deb just got this, you know, her hair looks just absolutely amazing. Right? Ron is just, so good at being, you know, being a host and whatever, let's say technology. And then my friend Kelly, you know, she just got the money thing figured out. So I look at everybody I know, and I, I see only the thing that they are shining. And then I look at myself and I go, well, my hair is a little frizzy here today. You know, I had technical difficulties, you know, I have a leak, water's leaking down into my podcast setup. So I go, it's like, well. My expectation now, my superhuman paradox is now. I think I need to be the best of everyone I know, accumulated all in one person combined.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and yep.
1: that is the way to drive yourself crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it is a way to drive yourself crazy. I accept. <laughs> what I, what I, what we work with, part of our philosophy is to ask questions like this: Well, what's the other person afraid of? What are their fears?
1: That's an interesting way. I like that. Yeah.
0: Because if if we think that, that we're all screwed up because we're afraid and we don't think anybody else is afraid, man, the world looks tough, mm-hmm. right? But if you're in a space where you go, no, we're all afraid. We all have our fears, right? And we put our shields up to protect ourselves like LinkedIn, MySpace, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. We can go through a whole list of stuff to make ourselves look good, but in reality, We all are afraid and it really connects us when we can hold that we all have fears
1: i love that yeah and i want to add to that unless you feel fear you don't need courage so it's
0: very true yeah i yeah
1: because if, if you don't have anything to overcome you don't need courage the story of courage is always the person who against all odds set out with an idea and everything always started with an idea And the other thing I wanna maybe bring in is to say, it very rarely is that the story is being told of greatness by any of our thought leaders is that they woke up, they were born, they were brilliant, great things happened, even better things happened. Uh, One day they became a prince. And then one day somebody says, hey, you wanna be king? And then they were handed the entire kingdom and they lived happily ever after, found the right partner, had amazing kids, nothing ever went wrong. That is the most boring story in the world, isn't it? Yeah, it is, I, I accept. It can almost look like it on social media
2: though. It can almost it look like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I want I wanna bring up the Finding Joe hmm. and it's about the hero's journey and the stories that we love, like the ones that pull us in, right, is about a hero's journey. All great stories have the hero's journey and there's always the dark forest. There's always that space where it looks like it's not going to work, and that almost failing or failing, and then going back and trying again pulls us in. So the fact that we all have to go through our challenges, our our fears, and all that—that's just part of being human. We love that. We are that.
1: I like the yeah. I like that.
0: Yep. we think everybody else, everybody else, like has this perfect easy life.
1: Yeah. And then you find out, you know, that their parent died when they were five years old, and that they were on food stamps, and that they grew up in the tough neighborhood. Uh, so I think that many of the healers or the thought leaders of our times are people that have been put through a lot of hardship. I sometimes think this is God's way to activate you, because unless you know where where people are at, how can you activate? to find solutions to, you know, I don't wanna say the suffering, that sounds like kind of like very religious, but how can you come up with solutions to help people if you don't understand what they're going through? So in order for you to really truly relate, you have to have a certain level of expertise of the problem that you're trying to solve because that creates the connection, the authenticity, even though it's a very overused word right now, but the being real about something that people say, you know what? I believe you because you were a single broke mom. You had $135,000 in debt, an alcoholic ex-husband, a mother that abused you. You know, I believe that if you can do that and I look at my situation, there's no hope for me because if you got out on the other end, maybe I can do the same thing. I think that's really our job. That's why we need to show our vulnerabilities and tell the stories and not make the stories prettier than they are because Mm -hmm. it's called the messy middle for a reason it is incredibly messy
2: when i when i read your book i kept thinking about that back from the 70s about like being a woman i can i can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan and and not let anything look like i have any chinks in my armor right i'm expected to do everything and everything well and you're kind of flipping that on its end in the area of needing help and, and being vulnerable and asking for help from others.
1: Exactly. How
2: did that story have to change for you?
1: I think it was, you know, in my book, I write about this, there was a friend that I had been in a mastermind with, and I was writing the book. And I was, there was like a moment where I was really struggling. And I, whatever, writer's block, whatever you want to call it, but I was having a complete utter meltdown. And so the next day he comes and he gives me like this method that he had researched and proceeds to tell me what I needed to do to get through this. And my first reaction to this was like, how dare you tell me what to do? And then I had to take, take it a step back. I'm going like, oh, my God, he's trying to be the prince in shining armor and rescuing a damsel in distress, which is what he heard. And so if I shift my perspective or my perception away from what is it, the meaning that I give it to what is the intention of the other person? And I really say, you know, why are you, why are you doing this? It's like, well, you were so distraught yesterday. I sat here until three o'clock in the morning doing all kinds of research. This is the best of what I found to help you to break through whatever it is now it's a completely different meaning since some then some jerk was telling me what to do now it's somebody who like spend hours of their own time trying to figure out something that they can help me to break through a barrier that i was at and that really shifted this to me for me to say what else am i not seeing in my life where else am i taking mistake the helping hand as a poking stick mm. and where else am i not is my reaction to what somebody's bringing to me really the problem that creates the friction can i look at this from an intention of something other than hurt me because that was the story in my head because that's my mom that's my upbringing that is that is my trauma right don't trust anybody even if they're nice today that can change by tonight you know next thing you know you have somebody like hammering on your door open the door you know and then you know you're going to get a beating if you open the door which i didn't but if I detach myself from the old story in my head and say, well, that guy isn't gonna come over and he's not gonna knock on my door and he's not gonna wanna beat me up if I don't listen to him. He's somebody who's genuinely trying to help me. Then that's really on me. Now I'm, I'm making that story, I'm making that story the problem that I continue to believe in that everybody's like that and it's just not true. So that for me, that was the, was the beginning of the unraveling of that part that I say, you know, maybe I'm fighting too much because I'm so comfortable with fighting and I'm so used to fighting that I wouldn't even know what it was like if I didn't have to do that. And that's how I started to stop. I'm like, what What if, what if they're helping? What if I can ask for help? What if there's other people that are better than, at at something than I am? What if, could I build better teams if I bring in people that have a skill set that I don't have, and then you go, well, of course, of course, logically, of course, but in the moment you just kind of can't see that. So that was the that was how the whole thing started to really shift and say, uh, do I really need to do this? And that's the question today that I'm asking myself as I'm building up my sales process and sales team. Where I'm like, do I love it? No. Am I good at the follow up? No. What, what am I really good at? Being in front of people, talking, getting the message out, big picture. I'm not even that good in the detail stuff. I mean, I'm good with setting everything up and making sure all the details are taken care of, but then I have my team that actually populates everything. And I'm like, well, isn't that a much better life if I can own who I am? And I think that's really the story I would like to really share with your audience today is like. If you were to look at the best attributes of yourself, and I'll give you the pedestal, and you have permission from all of us to now step on that pedestal and tell the world what you're really freaking brilliant at. And then for everything else, you're going to find somebody who can do that for you. What would that change?
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. And this was a perfect story in your head podcast conversation, because we have the stories that we make up in our heads without us choosing them. They just happen. Our body, our mind creates these stories, right? And this show, the podcast's whole purpose is to be able to notice that, hey, we just made up a story. Do we like that story? Is that the story I want? Or is this a story I can create differently than that? Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. to say, well, if I made it up, it must be real. No, you just made it up. Just a story in your head. How do you keep crafting that story?
1: I like that. If I, if, if I made it up, it must be real. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like when you say right. it
1: I'm like laughing. I'm like, well, uh, no. Uh,
0: <laughs> but it can occur that mm-hmm. way. Well, it is real to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not real in the world. It's our reality until we say is that the reality I choose? I like that. Is that where I want to go? And that's why we have this podcast. Love it. Yata, how, how could people get a hold of you? or anything else you want to say to our, our, our audience?
1: Yes. So number first of all, if you have listened to this podcast or watched it, please make sure that you go to wherever you pick up this podcast, the story in your head, and give Ron and Deb a five-star review with a comment referring to something that you heard that really resonated with you because this is a labor of love, and that's, makes us as podcast guests and hosts feel good if we get the feedback from you. And if you heard something where you say, I need to talk to this woman, you can look me up all over social media under Beate Shillette or The Growth Architect and just reach out and send me a notice. I'll be more than happy to see if there's something I can assist you with. So if you're looking for systems and strategies, you wanna grow your authority, reach out, or just take our quiz, our growthblockerquiz.com, where you can find out what the number one thing is that is in your way, the growth blocker that is in your way to build your business.
0: Great. Yata, thank you very much for being on the show. It was a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to the next time we talk.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
2: Thanks for listening to the podcast today. At Macklin Connection, we believe making authentic connections with others can literally change your world. We invite you to share this podcast with one person that you care about. Maybe it's someone you haven't spoken with in a really long time, and you'd love to reconnect. Or maybe it's the first person that popped into your head when you listened to this podcast because you thought it would be perfect for them. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.